drop into the Webmaster chat room. Webmasterradio.fm. Clothing is optional. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Cover Story, where we're continuing our series on the Silver Anvils for the Public Relations Society of America. And today, we have two finalists on with us today, and I'm very excited. Our first is Amelie Bandelaire, and she's an account supervisor with Ketchum in New York. And we're speaking with her today about her submission, which is the Flight of the Penguins, a New Orleans homecoming. It's FedEx and the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas with Ketchum. Welcome, Amelie. How does it feel? It feels great, and, you know, uh, Ketchum has been thrilled to have been working with FedEx for quite a long time, and um, this event obviously is special um, for us for numerous reasons. We're thrilled to be honored with um, the finalists for the Silver Anvils and working with FedEx and the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas. We had a great event last May, and, you know, we're about a year anniversary in from the actual return of the penguins to the aquarium, and we're delighted that we can honor this event again um, and celebrate with all of our colleagues who worked so hard to pull this together. You joined Ketchum in 2004, and you've been working on the FedEx account since May 2005. Correct. And working with a FedEx account, um, particularly at Ketchum, is a phenomenal experience. Obviously, FedEx is a very large and well-respected organization um, within the industry and and within um, the business community at large. And working with them, um, Ketchum is truly an extension of their staff. And and this particular event was no different than how we typically work with them on a daily basis. You know, we were brought in to the planning for this event at the very beginning. Um, We worked close in hand with numerous um, communicators across the board at both FedEx and um, with some other folks, obviously, at the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas. So it was really a great collaborative effort on behalf of everyone at Ketchum and on at the FedEx side. So it was a great experience for all those who are involved to be able to work on this event and, and take these animals home. We had about 19 penguins and two sea otters that we transported back. Um, obviously, that we'll get into a little bit later from uh, the Monterey Aquarium in California back home to the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas in New Orleans. So our work um, for them really is executing and managing a lot of local community events, whether it's media relations activities or events really focused on uh, community relations through um, through some charitable contributions and so forth. So it's a great experience to be able to really get into the communities and help um, and and help with the needs that matter most to the community. I think working with FedEx. Ketchum, we really identify the needs of each market. We develop a plan to be able to make a difference, and then we execute on that. And this program was no different. We recognized that there is a need to bring New Orleans back to life, and so we worked with the New Orleans community and the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas to, you know, fly some of their star attractions back home for the opening of their of their exhibit. 
So this event is really no different from what we're doing on a daily basis for them. It's really, we identified a need in the New Orleans community, which was bringing back arts and entertainment to the folks there in New Orleans. And we, through a a lot of work on the back end, we're able to secure a chartered flight and fly these animals back home. That sounds terrific. So let's do this. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of the campaign. Then we'll be right back with Amelie Bandelier, Flight of the Penguins, a New Orleans homecoming. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's gonna blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. It's a little pet peeve of mine, right? Go on the web and somebody writes up about me and they put web gorilla, as in the monkey. Not gorilla, like, you know, warfare, terrorist. We're gonna do the monkey. Hi, this is Greg Bozer. Do the monkey. A.K.A. Monkey Boy. Monkey, monkey. Sometimes I get a little pissy. That's alright. But I gotta tell you, dude, he made you look like a good chimp. He did. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're confusing me. Monkeypicks.co.uk. Funny bastard, isn't he? I swear to God, if you play that promo one more time, I'm publishing the photo. How much is that gorilla in the window? Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Cover Story, and we are continuing our featured interview with Amelie Bandelier, who is account supervisor with Ketchum, New York. 
so this is, I mean, this is really exciting. And what you guys did, um, you know, I understand, which is nice, that FedEx is immersed um, in the various communities that it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's immersed in the various communities um, in which it transports, which is everywhere. And it's terrific. And you, you handle um, specifically 20 of those communities. We um, did some research prior to um, working on this program, and we found that the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas was Louisiana's number one tourist attraction. So we thought that was very compelling, obviously, on top of all the other uh, amazing activities that happen in New Orleans, Mardi Gras, Jazz Festival, etc. The Audubon Aquarium of Americas was really the center of life and arts and entertainment for the New Orleans region. So when the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas called FedEx, it, obviously we had to put a little thought into the logistics and how we're going to make this possible because they are animals and they do require very sensitive shipping um, needs, but we're used to sen- shipping sensitive tar- cargo at FedEx. Um, not sure if you're familiar with that, but we've actually shipped pandas along with quite um, quite a, a number amount of unique and uh, precious cargo that requires sensitive shipping. For example, in addition to shipping pandas back home to the National Zoo in D.C. from China, we've shipped the Liberty Bell, we've shipped pieces of the Titanic, we've shipped animals wow. at other points um, in, in the history of the company, obviously. And so... Combined with the fact that the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas was the number one tourist attraction, we are used to handling the sensitive cargo and that it really was the center of life for the New Orleans community. We really felt it was a perfect opportunity to leverage our logistics expertise and ship these animals home. And in addition to what you were saying earlier, FedEx is very involved in the communities it serves and where employees live and work. And this was, again, no different from the community relations ongoing activities that the company is supporting on an annual and daily basis. So we really tried to tie this into what we're already doing, and that was doing a lot of disaster um, relief work and and disaster recovery relief and response work um, that FedEx is is known for, um, along with the other companies that were highlighted in that Fortune article. But we really tried to reach the broader consumer and and educate them on what we're doing um, on a broader basis. And, And this kind of put the spotlight once again back on New Orleans about nine months after Hurricane Katrina, and we're happy to be part of that, and we're happy for it to be a very happy story and to bring normalcy back to the community. So this was, again, it was it was somewhat of a no-brainer to execute this, um, and we're happy to very happy to be part of it. Well, I mean, it's exciting because it is nice when you have a company like FedEx who's, you know, socially, um, who's socially responsible. You took every opportunity to put the FedEx name out in front of the viewing audience. So let's go through um, a little bit of the research. Let's talk a little bit about the research, and then let's go right into planning and then the execution, where you sort of married all the media elements together. Sure, that sounds great. Um, as we discussed, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, per our research from Harris Research, in, in the fall of 2005, only 39% of those consumers polled were not sure if FedEx supported good causes. And this was immediately following Hurricane Katrina and a lot of the disaster relief work that we had already executed. So we really felt that we once again wanted to put the spotlight on this work that we've already, that we had been doing. For example, FedEx was the 
first cargo flight into the Louis Armstrong International Airport following Katrina, we had shipped in um, over 1,200 tons of relief supplies prior to Hurricane Katrina and Rita hitting the Gulf Coast. So we had been executing a tremendous amount of relief work prior to the survey. However, when the survey came out, it showed that consumers weren't entirely connecting with what FedEx was doing on an ongoing basis. So we identified this need. The Audubon of the aquarium was obviously trying to get its feedback on the ground in terms of having of their opening of the aquarium, which was scheduled for the end of May in 2006. However, there were 19 penguins and two sea otters that were evacuated immediately following. So obviously what uh, FedEx was doing on an ongoing basis and immediately following Hurricane Katrina after we had shipped more than 1,200 tons of relief aid wasn't technically resonating with with the average consumer. Again, as we said, 39% of those polled did not understand or were not connecting with FedEx supporting good causes. So when the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas called and they were looking for um, some assistance in shipping their penguins and seattle's home for their grand opening, it was an immediate connection with FedEx. This would be a great opportunity to spotlight what we had been doing in the community for the past nine months and what we are doing on an ongoing basis to help spur recovery, um, both economic and social recovery in New Orleans. So what we did, we obviously worked very closely with the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas, making sure that FedEx would be able to provide safe and um, safe shipping and safe safe transport for these animals. Um, obviously, they're very sensitive and precious cargo, so we worked very closely with the Audubon to stage a very safe move for these animals. What we did... Um, the animals had been housed in the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California. They were actually flown there following an evacuation after Hurricane Katrina. And we should note that the penguins, um, when the folks from the Audubon went into their habitat, they expected them to have been perished. For all intents and purposes, penguins mm-hmm. um, are very... They're very fragile animals. You know, they can adapt relatively well to, to temperatures and to and to food requirements. But for all intents and purposes, they weren't expected to to be there. So it was a very it was a great surprise for the folks at the aquarium when Absolutely. they went in there and found them alive and found the sea otters. And sea otters are very very temperamental as well. So these twenty one animals are really really. Um, they were really excited to be saving them following Hurricane Katrina and really happy that they were alive. So it was great to be able to, what we wanted to do is really capitalize on on the fact that these animals had been through so much as many of evacuees of Hurricane Katrina and, and they were getting to go home and to really be able to help again spur this economic and social recovery in New Orleans. So what we did is we really wanted to leverage three distinct moments in time on the day of the shipment. Obviously, the animals were going to be departing very early in the morning from Monterey. They were driven with a police escort down to the Oakland International Airport, um, where they received a send-off by local media and FedEx employees. Uh, following that, we really wanted to capitalize on the actual landing of the plane at the airport. This was going to be a very... Um, very tear-jerking moment when these animals came off the plane. So we really wanted to capitalize 
on the fact that they were arriving and they were getting, uh, you know, a special arrival of these of the animals. So what we did is uh, we staged an event at the Louis Armstrong airport complete with a purple carpet for the penguins and we had mm-hmm. some of our FedEx special delivery vehicles there which are very uniquely branded and they serve our local communities around the country so it was very appropriate that they were there as well so in addition to having a purple carpet having some great visuals with um, our FedEx special delivery vehicles we also had a local jazz band come we had lots of aquarium folks from the aquarium come with their families and, of course, all the FedEx employees from the New Orleans area. So what, you know, when the plane arrived, it was just, it was a wonderful moment. We had quite, uh, we had a lot of media in attendance, and as soon as the plane arrived, you know, the media were jumping up and trying to get right down on the purple carpet and capture some shots of the animals. And so the... um, we had executives from both FedEx and from the aquarium on hand to uh, take the first penguins out. And the first penguin, which is probably the most special penguin uh, of, of the group, was uh, Patience. And Patience was the, the matriarch of the flock. She was, I believe, about 19 or 21 years old, which is very old for a penguin. Wow. And she is just a media ham. She loves media. And <laughs> it's so funny that a penguin can do this. But she got on this purple carpet and just walked and paused for photograph after photograph and photograph. And her handlers were there, and they, she just, you know, she wanted to be the star of the show, and she was. So she walked for on her. the purple carpet, and her handlers were there, and she was just so excited to see them. She, you could see it in, in her little eyes that, you know, she hadn't seen her handlers for over nine she months. She was going was, home. It was a really special, special moment for both all the folks at the aquarium and everyone who was working on the special delivery of the penguins and the sea otters. So following those, the first two events on the day, the, the takeoff at the Oakland International um, Airport to come to New Orleans, the arrival at New Orleans, we wanted to also stage um, an event for the citizens of New Orleans and for the broader community. So we brought out face painters and clowns and, again, a band at the actual aquarium. So the animals were whisked away in our special delivery vehicle, in a FedEx special delivery vehicle, and were we had a police escort all the way down to the aquarium. And once we got there, it was a crowd of at least two to 300 families and children who were so excited to see their penguins and their sea otters again. So we had staged another event there for the local community to see the animals come home. And again, patients wanted to walk straight into the aquarium to go home, and once she sat when she got down on the purple carpet, she walked straight in and didn't let anyone pick her up and, wa- and knew where she was and wanted to go straight home. So That's those fabulous. were the first three events. And that later that evening, FedEx knew that it was important to also stage an event for local influencers and lo- local um, benefactors to the aquarium as the aquarium was opening the following um, the following week. We really wanted to stage something for the local New Orleans community again. So this is where we did an additional event, all black and white themed, of course, to honor our penguins, mm-hmm. and made a donation, and FedEx made a donation to the ongoing care of the penguin habitat and for the handlers of $100,000. And so FedEx was, again, once able to thank everyone for their hard work and support in getting the aquarium back up and running. Now, the real the real key to this, do you think, is the fact that you took what would traditionally be one media event or two media events, and you stretched it into four media events. 
Absolutely. I think that was a key to the program. We really knew that we wanted to leverage multiple points during the day. And in order to do so, we wanted to utilize the media both in Oakland and San Francisco, where the animals were leaving from, the media in New Orleans, the local media, in addition to the national media. And we were able to capitalize on on national media due to the draw of a happy and and jovial story Mm -hmm. that we were telling from New Orleans. Really, again, a story that was spurring the economic and social recovery of New Orleans. At that time, you know, there still wasn't a whole lot of great news coming out of New Orleans. It was about nine weeks after, nine months after Hurricane Katrina, and the stories were still focused on um, recovery, and we really wanted this to be a happy moment for the city of New Orleans. So we really were able to take this event that technically was, was only one media event, technically at the airport in New Orleans, and we're able to stretch it both in Oakland, New Orleans, and at the aquarium to reach local media and national media. So that was one key um, part of the program. And addition, I should mention that we had a great, we had great interactive elements that were online at FedEx.com. And as many of your listeners probably know and, and probably use for themselves, FedEx.com is a great resource to be able to track your packages and ship your packages. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of people um, are going to FedEx. On Christmas. What's that? And Santa on Christmas. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, we like to say that we help deliver Christmas, help Santa deliver his Christmas. There um, you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as many of your listeners know, and you know that, FedEx.com is primarily used for business purposes to ship and, and track your packages. So we found that we created very unique visual elements depicting the penguins' path, path from Oakland all the way down to New Orleans with unique interactive elements and put that on the website. And we were able to uh, let consumers know that they could go there and kind of track where the penguins were in their process of, of the transport. And we should note that it... The website actually garnered about um, 12% of the actual online traffic that day to FedEx.com, which is a tremendous, uh, huge, a tremendous um, win for us, as a lot of people typically just go to the site to track the packages, but they were able to actually go go onto the site and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was 3%. I was looking at 12,000 users. <laughs> Um, That's okay. That's okay. I'm like looking over my notes. I had that wrong. Um, The website that we created on FedEx.com was accessed by more than 12,000 users or 3% of their overall traffic to the site, which is very compelling considering it's normally used for business purposes and to track your ongoing packages. You, which, which is tremendous. And then also, this, this was utilized, too, to improve the perception of FedEx as a socially responsible company and a, quote, supporter of good causes by the Harris Interactive Reputation um, Quotient Survey. Yes. You guys and went as, to 39% as we alluded to, to 45. Yes, as we alluded to earlier, prior to the shipment, after, after Hurricane Katrina in the fall of 2005, uh, we had noticed that 39% of those polled, these are, are consumers across the country, only 39% of those polled believe FedEx supported good causes. The following year, after this event, which garnered a tremendous amount of local, national, and regional coverage, even international coverage, over 300 clips, media clips and across the country, and 150 print articles, we found that our score in the Harris survey went up 6%. 
so obviously this this is a direct relation to what we had been doing and what we had how we, we had been publicizing our efforts and the FedEx commitment to to good causes and, and to supporting our communities. Isn't it nice when you can do something that pays your salary as well as makes a contribution <laughs> to the world around you? It is. This was such a great event to work on. The the look at the airport in New Orleans when these animals got off the plane. Um, from the Audubon Aquarium of America staff members who were crying as they hadn't seen their penguins in over nine months to the look of the children in New Orleans at the actual aquarium mm-hmm. was just something that everyone who worked on this project will never forget. It was such a great event to work on, and we're so happy to be able to bring home um, such a vital part of the New York, of the New Orleans community back home. These The 19 penguins and the two sea otters are, not to mention they're adorable and, and they're just so so cute, but it was great to be able to see the look and faces on both the children and, and the members of the community that the Audubon Aquarium of the Americans and FedEx were directly able to contribute to. You actually caught coverage in 211 media yes, markets. we did. We we exceeded our media expectations on this um, quite quite a bit. Um, FedEx and Ketchum focused their local market communications on, on a select number of markets. And we were very, very proud to say that we actually had coverage across the entire world. Um, coverage was internationally in Japan. We had coverage on YouTube um, that was accessed more than 500 times. And we had articles from every media market um, media market, basically, in the, in the world. It was great. We, our coverage was, was phenomenal. Um, I think everyone really liked being able to hear a happy story about New Orleans, and, and Audubon and, and FedEx were excited to be able to deliver this happy story to, to the world. I have to say it's a great marriage because, you know, it's nice when everyone can sort of meet their goals. So FedEx was able to demonstrate what they do best. New Orleans got to get their, their stars home, and to know that one of the best features of going to New Orleans is the aquarium, that the aquarium is alive and thriving and well. So on so many fronts, you guys did a great job, and I think this is a tremendous illustration of how to take a media event and stretch it out so that it's truly not only a bi-coastal event, but a worldwide event that mm-hmm. benefits everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's what we're most proud of, that we're able to leverage this event and, and to be able to leverage what FedEx had been doing on an ongoing basis and what the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas had been so working so hard to um, to get their aquarium back up. And so Ketchum was thrilled to be working with these two great partners on this program. Amelie, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Great. Thank you uh, so much. We'll, we'll keep our fingers and toes crossed for June 14th. Great. Thank you so much, Brandy. All right, everyone, stand by, and we'll be right back. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. 
Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe.com or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Attention, WebmasterRadio.fm loyal listeners and our premium podcasters. If you are experiencing trouble listening or downloading from WebmasterRadio.fm, you can help us help you help you. Email us at support at WebmasterRadio.fm. That's support at WebmasterRadio.fm. Our staff will go into action to fix broken links, podcast, and streaming issues. WebmasterRadio.fm is dedicated to providing the most optimized listening experience anywhere. WebmasterRadio.fm is proud to stream our first-class program by providing multiple listen live links on our homepage via our new content delivery network, Akamai. Help us to keep everyone in the B2B business world connected to webmasterradio.fm. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story, where we're continuing our coverage on the Silver Anvil series. And we have Maria uh, Retan, who is the Principal Chair of Lifestyle Marketing, Marketing to Women. What an amazing background Maria has. She really heads up her um, female-friendly client responsibilities to include master brand cabinets, Hasbro, Therma Trudors, and um, her background is in TV news, being the news director at extremely large uh, national affiliates, including our very own WSVN down here in Miami. Let's welcome Miss Maria. Hi, Brandy. How are you? I'm doing terrific, thank you. I'm looking at your bio, and you won seven Emmys in one evening? Yes, yes. When I was um, a news director in Louisville, Kentucky at um, WHAS, which is an, an ABC affiliate there, and we just had a wonderful evening, um, we ended up taking uh, seven Emmys home that night, and um, it's collective Emmys for the newsroom, but um, because I was news director, I count them as my own. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to take it where you can get it, and that's you got it. So how do you go from being hardcore news person to PR? 
Well, it, you know, every every place I've ever been has kind of prepared me for what I do now. Um, I've spent 15 years in television news, and as you mentioned in your intro, I've, I've been really lucky to have worked in a lot of different markets, including Chicago and Miami there at WSVN, mm-hmm. a fine Fox station, and um, also worked here in Minneapolis where Carmichael Lynch Spong is based, and I've spent half of that career in news management. And um, one of the things that I have found in public relations is, you know, you need to work your right brain and your left brain. You need to have that creative gene, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you need to be able to really counsel your clients um, with strategic thinking. So. You can't just be just creative. You really have to let that creativity pay off for your clients uh, in a way that's going to kind of um, position um, their business to meet and exceed, hopefully, their goals. And coming from news, especially news management, um, I think I was positioned to really enter public relations um, from a position of strength in that I've led newsrooms. I've led teams of people. I've created product um, as you know, multiple times a day with a newscast. Um, I mean, five mm-hmm. or six times a day, you're creating a new product that has to meet the, in- the needs of your end consumer, which is in television, that's your viewing audience. And if you don't meet their needs, you certainly hear about it. And, um, and then you have to kind of course correct. And you're always trying to achieve goals, um, it, whether it be the nightly Nielsen ratings that you're trying to achieve or long-term you're trying to position your news station within your community and against your competitors. Well, in the world of public relations, that's what we're trying to do for our clients all the time. And so it was really quite interesting to me, having spent 15 years in news, to take that collective experience, the right brain and the left brain thing, and bring it to public relations. But it's been a really great fit. You know, there's not that many people that are left and right brain thinkers. There really aren't. And um, it's been really fun to... At different times in my career, I've found myself concentrating on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. When I was producing, um, well, actually, I did some reporting early on, and that to me was very, that was very, very creative. Um, but then you had to be really analytical, too, about how you approached your, your stories. And then as a producer, um, you know, you kind of had to use both. You, you had to be creative in your approach uh, for the visual effects, but you also had to be really strategic about the stories you chose and how you chose to to put those together. And then as you got into as I got into news management, um, it was a little bit of, of that as well though, because I had to look strategically at, at people and the right hires and the right content mix and the right shows. Um, and some of that was creative, and, and a lot of it was strategic. So I think just it's something that I've just kind of learned over the years. And it, at different times in my career, I've concentrated on one side of the brain or the other, and it's all kind of come together in public relations that I use. I, I would say I use probably both sides of the brain every day. But the neat part is, I mean, and something I think that's so important, especially for women, it sounds like you kept sharpening tools that you hadn't used before. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's been really fun because I have taken those tools for 15 years and brought it here. And then um, what's been really great is 
Um, Carmichael Lynch Spong is, well, we've been around for 16 years. Um, Our founder and president, Doug Spong, created um, Carmichael Lynch Spong 16 years ago here in Minneapolis. We're based in Minneapolis, but we have offices in New York, Denver, Chicago, and San Francisco. And um, for me, what I've been allowed to do here has been really remarkable, I think, and that I've been able to bring those 15 years of news. But I didn't go into media relations. I went into account management um, and really counsel our clients on their strategic approach to their business and um, with a concentration in women because for 16 years this agency really has developed an expertise in that demographic. Um, women, I mean, we're, we're basically in world domination. We're 51% of the population. Mm-hmm. We control more than 80% of consumer spending. We're in every yep. area um, industry, um, electronics, automobiles, um, technology. Um, we're online um, in incredible amounts. And so um, to be able to take 16 years of marketing to women um, as primarily a home and garden agency, but we do a lot of other things, and then put that under one umbrella um, in a practice area, it's been really fun for me to do that, um, just to take all that insight into women and then put that to work for our clients. So it's been a great opportunity here for sure. You would have thought that you would have gone from news right into media relations because you understand, you know, it bleeds, it leads, how to, how to wrap a story, how to produce a story. You know, you yeah. took <laughs> a different approach and, and went over to client relations. I think that's good for you. Well, thank you. It's, you know, um, I love the media, and, and I knew that whatever I would do in, in public relations would touch media in some way, shape, or form, and it's true. I mean, um, I work with our media relations staff. We have the largest media relations staff in the country here. Made most, most of them are from um, newspaper backgrounds, long lead, print backgrounds, short lead print backgrounds. They're all basically all former journalists. And so I have my like-minded folks here in media Mm -hmm. relations. Um, But yeah, I really chose to go into account management because I did spend 15 years in management. And I felt at times as a news director, I was kind of a COO of my own little company. I mean, I had 80 employees that I was responsible for. Um, And so I felt like I was leading my own little company, creating product every day. And so I felt like those skills were really best put to work in account management, even though I did have the media relations background, and I still am able to contribute in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll focus on your submissions, creating Rubik's Cube Mania, Geek to Chic. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Enjoying top payouts and unparalleled affiliate support is as easy as XY7.com. Just call 1-866-XY7-PAYS and see how it pays to join XY7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns. Call 1-866-XY7-PAYS today or sign up at XY7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know. So don't wait. Call now. 
now. 1-866-XY7-PAYS. That's 1-866-XY7-PAYS. XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search, as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Pay-Per-Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to ingenio.com slash web radio that's ingenio.com slash web radio ingenio simply ingenious party like a rock star i thought you were gonna stay tonight aren't you well i am i was originally gonna you know try and a few extra people popping into town gonna have to hook up a few beers and you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star! It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. Party like a rock star! We'll sit uh, down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I don't have to throw a party. That's will have to money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. WebmasterRadio.fm We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Here's your host. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt, and I'm very excited to have with me uh, Maria Reeton, who is the chair and principal over at Carmichael Lynch Spong. Welcome back, Maria. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. First of all, congratulations on becoming a finalist for the Silver Anvils. Thank you very much. We're very excited. Hasbro is really thrilled about it. So let's go back. I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, I I had a Rubik's Cube, and, like, I could never figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) It it was like a bait and switch. I get, like, one side lined up, and then I'd click one thing, and it would go out, and, and, but it was great because I left it all over the place. So my parents had to keep rebuying me Rubik's Cubes because I was determined at one point in my life to actually figure it out. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, we we did some primary research in preparation for this this um, campaign, and what we found is uh, moms, and we interviewed a lot of moms because our target was moms, they have all tried the cube. Every one of them, just like you, had picked up a cube at some point, and most of them had given it up in frustration. You know, they just never could figure it out. And um, it was quite humorous, actually. We, actually. we went in and recruited a bunch of moms, and we taped them, and they all had similar experiences. Experiences and um, it's funny because we were we were targeting them, to try to encourage them to 
Consider the Cube for a holiday stocking stuffer last Christmas for 2006 holiday season. Mm-hmm. And, it, and one of our challenges, frankly, was how do you overcome kind of the bad memories that these moms have about the Rubik's Cube? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's exactly was one of the challenges that we had and some of the research that we uncovered. And I think ultimately we, we did manage to overcome that in quite some unique ways. Your goal was to focus on... Um, the Christmas holiday season. Exactly, exactly. We were retained by Hasbro in October for basically about a a two-and-a-half-month period of time leading up to the fourth-quarter holiday buying season, which, of course, for manufacturers of toys is really their hot season. And so what was really interesting, though, about last season's holiday Mm -hmm. season is the fact that the Rubik's Cube was featured in The Pursuit of Happiness, which I don't know if you've seen or not, but an excellent, excellent film starring Will Smith. And in that movie... Will Smith's character uses the, the Rubik's Cube in the back seat with an executive of, um, of a company that he's trying to land an internship at, and he, uses, he actually solves the cube. And the cube becomes this kind of this iconic um, symbol of perseverance and resolve and determination that Will Smith's character has and which ultimately lands him this internship. It means prosperity for he and his son, who before then were basically homeless. Which exactly. is great. Exactly. It was a really feel-good movie, definitely, of the holiday season last year, which in turn helped the Rubik's Cube sales. Um, but then our public relations support around the movie also helped jumpstart um, those sales in the fourth quarter as well. Now, did the movie producers approach you and say, hey, let's yes. join in a Isn't that amazing? It was not a proactive product placement on Hasbro's part. The producers of the film actually approached Hasbro and said, we, we're going to include, we want to include um, the Cube, because they, they felt that the Cube really did demonstrate all those wonderful things that it took for, for Chris Gardner, who's the actual real person, to, um, to have succeeded. So it was a really great win-win for Hasbro and for the movie. So did that shed light um, with you and Hasbro on things that you hadn't even thought of in regard to marketing the product? Exactly, um, exactly. Um, Hasbro, being the smart people that they are, realized that with Will Smith being in this movie, it was going to be a very high-profile movie, and they really needed to leverage the movie on behalf of the Rubik's Cube, especially around the holiday season, which is why we were engaged to begin with. And so we really went in with the purpose of how do we leverage this movie um, kind of leverage the buzz that's going to be happening around it. But then how do you actually transition that into sales? It's one thing to have it in a movie, but how do you get people to actually purchase the product? And so that was a challenge that kind of lay before us, and that's what we went in um, to pitch, and that's what we were ultimately engaged to do. That's, okay, that's terrific. So let's start looking at, you know, your research. Your research. Mm-hmm. You had primary and secondary research. Right. Well, what we did in preparation um, for putting together the campaign is um, Hasbro really felt like that moms were going to be the group that were going to end up buying the Rubik's Cube for their kids because they're the ones that end up purchasing holiday gifts. So we really needed to kind of educate mom about Rubik's Cube and get her interested in the cube. So we did some um, primary research where we got a lot of moms in a room individually and talked to them about the cube and got a sense of what they thought about the cube, would they introduce the cube to their children, that type of thing. We also talked to some kids 
um, in our age group that we were looking for, and these are children over age eight. And then we also talked to some speed cubers. Um, these were, uh, I would say, teenage kids who were really passionate about the cube. And so we got a full array of really good insight on the cube, and we framed our um, public relations efforts around that insight. And mainly one of the things that we had to overcome were moms kind of bad memories about mm-hmm. the cube because they had been around when the cube came out in the 80s and they, they were really challenged with how, how do you solve this thing? And a lot of them had given it up in frustration. So we had to kind of get them over that and get them to buy the cube. And one of the ways that we did that, Brandy, was we, we really felt and that the cube, while um, it's, a, it's a puzzle more than anything, and it does take some determination uh, and some skills to solve it, but really anybody can solve it. And we needed to communicate that message to mom that it really wasn't something that was not solvable. You could solve the cube. And through our, uh, some of our secondary research, what we found is that moms were really seeking educational toys for their kids to buy for the holidays. That's mm-hmm. one, one area that they were really seeking out. And they wanted to have their children um, kind of filling their time, so to speak, with toys and games that were going to help fill their mind with really great education and skills. And we felt like it was a perfect match because Rubik's Cube is a puzzle. is a low-tech game, and it's highly affordable. It retails for under $10. And it does really help kids formulate this kind of determination and focus in order to solve it. And so we thought, well, you know, we just need to be able to communicate that message to mom in a meaningful way. And so that's what we set out to do. And again, it was all formulated around the research that we had conducted. Which is terrific. And I love how you call it, mom, are enrichment engineers who are concerned about their kids' education and believe technology is a barrier to learning. Exactly, because that's what, that's what they're all about. In order to be a great mom, these mothers feel like they really need to be growing their child mentally and physically and socially, every aspect. And, and the terminology we came up with for this mom was an enrichment engineer. And the Rubik's Cube fit in perfectly with what they were trying to achieve with their children. And so we set about putting together a campaign that would reach the enrichment engineer, tell the uh-huh. story behind the puzzle, which is that it can really help children develop those skills of determination and focus. And then at the same time, talk about how it's really a low-tech alternative to a lot of the high-tech toys that tend to come out around the holidays. And Uh it is something that you could just drop in a stocking fairly easily for low cost, and yet it has this huge benefit. Which is tremendous. You introduced um, Tyson Mao, who's a 22-year-old. yes. And his brother, who actually taught Will Smith how to solve the Rubik's Cube. Right. We, we really lucked into Tyson Mal. Um, Tyson was 22 years old at the time that he and his brother Toby, who's younger, taught Will Smith how to solve the cube for the movie. They were on-set advisors, and they actually sat down with Will and taught him over the course of a couple of days how to solve the cube. And Will Smith still to this day knows how to solve the cube. I don't know if you saw him on Oprah, but he actually solved it live on Oprah. So he actually knows how to do it. And he's a huge, he's very, very passionate about the cube himself. And so we engaged Tyson really to demonstrate that anyone can solve the cube. It's, it's fairly simple to do. And we did quite a few things with Tyson 
who, by the way, is a former blindfold speed cubing champion. So if you didn't think it was hard enough to solve the cube with your eyes wide open, imagine doing it blindfolded. Uh, oh, my God. Done. I know. No, it's, but it's it does phenomenal. show that there's a methodology behind it. Well, which is you nice. know, there are algorithms, apparently, that you kind of go through to learn how to solve the cube, and it's not as complicated as you might think. And um, he, he says that he can actually teach anyone how to solve the cube in about, oh, 8 to 12 hours. And he, oh. he actually has a tutorial, an eight-step tutorial that we shot on videotape, and we have posted on Rubik's.com. So if your listeners wanted to go to Rubik's.com and go on to the special page, they can actually learn how to solve the cube in eight steps with Tyson Mao, and then once they practice, if they wanted to, they can actually do a virtual cube off against Tyson and post their time online. So it's really kind of a neat tool for people to learn how to how to solve the cube. So we did that with Tyson, and then we also um, took Tyson on a media tour where we pitched him to various media to get the word out about the cube and uh-huh. his connection to Will and his connection to the movie, and more than anything, to get the, the message out there that anyone can do it. It's not something that's not achievable. And then uh, we actually joined him up with a doctor, um, an expert on children's learning styles, um, and his name is Dr. Thomas Armstrong. He's the author of Seven Kinds of Smart, and we, we um, conducted a satellite media tour and a radio media tour, um, oh, about a week or so before the movie premiere, where we went on a series of morning shows across the country, and um, Dr. Armstrong talked about how you can choose toys based on how your children learn, and by choosing the right toy for your child, you can really develop that child's gifts. Uh-huh. Very distinct gifts. Very fascinating man. And then uh, Tyson was there as well to demonstrate that, you know, and by the way, the cube is really great for puzzle, uh, really great for a certain type of child, and here's this guy who's mastered the cube, and he was a great visual for the satellite media tour as well. Well, and something for that age group also to look up to and see that it's achievable. Absolutely, absolutely. And children as young as eight can, can solve the cube. I mean, it's, it's something that um, for Tyson, he picked it up later in life. Um, he picked it up, I think, at age 19. But children as young as eight and 10 years old can pick up the cube and learn how to solve it. God, that's amazing. And, you know, the nice thing is the, I would think that, um, this is a little off topic, but, you know, the fight and the eight steps where, you're, where you actually show how to solve the cube, it's a great way, it's a great thing for mothers to go to, figure out, they, you know, for them to learn how to use the cube and then work with their children on helping to strategize because they know the answer. So the children aren't led to the answer. The mother, it's a great bonding experience between the two of them. Absolutely. It is a great thing to do with your child because then you're kind of the cool mom on the block that knows how to cube. I mean, how many moms can say they know how to cube? And not only that, but you you get to spend some quality time with your child. And I think moms are really seeking for things that they can do with their children. Quality time, well spent, when she also knows not only is it good time between she and the child, but it's also an activity where they're really kind of, their mind is expanding, their skill set is expanding, their learning skills like determination and focus, and in the end result, they're victorious when they actually get around to solving the cube. It's something they can celebrate together. And by going on Rubik's.com and going through the page and learning themselves, it really is something that they can help teach and educate their child. It's a wonderful tool. Which is great. And also get delve into the minds of their child. So now they can understand how their child thinks. And if they understand how their child thinks, they can help tutor them a lot easier through other passages in their life, too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. they can. Yeah. So now let's talk about Rubix.com um, is a microsite. It is. Um, Seven Towns is the actual um, purveyor of Rubix.com. Seven Towns licensed the cube to Hasbro for distribution in the United States. And Rubix.com is their site. And we created a little microsite on Rubix.com uh, that features um, Tyson Mao, as I mentioned before, and his eight-step tutorial. We shot video of Tyson at our offices, um, Carmichael Lynch Thong offices in San Francisco, in our San Francisco office. And um, we did the eight-step tutorial. We divided into those eight steps, and they're each a visual representation of that on the site. And then we were able to work with um, Hasbro and Seven Towns to create the virtual cube-off capability where you can actually go on and record your time against Tyson, who is, like I said before, the blindfold speed cubing champion from a couple That's of years world. ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a Which lot. Is- I would have to practice a whole lot to even want to post my time on the site, but it's really fun. We had, oh, in two and a half months, um, by the time our campaign concluded, we had um, nearly half a million hits on that site. Which is great, especially for something that's a micro-site. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, and like, a lot of our think- pu- public relations activities drove people directly to that site. So we can, again, from a PR perspective, tie our results directly back to the hits from the site. And by the way, um, this campaign all the way around was a PR-only um, campaign. There was mm-hmm. no advertising. So that's the other thing that makes it um, remarkable, not only the short time span that we had to achieve it, but also the end result of, um, you know, being tight turnaround and a PR-only campaign. Well, and this was also the best year in the past five years. Yes, it was amazing. You know, we went in with this campaign with our business goal being flat sales um, year to year because they had had a a rather great year the previous year, and they they saw success as flat sales. And so we went in thinking, okay, flat sales, well, let's try to overachieve that and let's try to get it up. But we had no way to know that it was going to be 32% sell through over 2005, which is remarkable. And as you can imagine, Hasbro was thrilled with it. We were thrilled with it. Um, it really did blow expectations out of the water. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, the rubber meets the road. You want the sales are going to do the talking for you. Um, mm-hmm. You can do all the PR you want, but how do you transition and translate that into actual sales? And, and this is a case where we could actually see that happening. Which is which is tremendous, and especially seeing, and this, everyone pay close attention, there was no advertising. This was purely a PR campaign that generated a 32% um, leap over 2005. Yeah. That's huge. It, it, we were really thrilled with that. Yeah. And you secured new, nearly 260 million gross impressions between October 2006 and mid-January 2007. Exactly. We had, like I said, two and a half months, uh, with the premiere being around middle December. I think it was the 14th or the 15th of December. And so we knew that we really had to drive um, all the way up until December, middle of December, when that premiere happened, that movie premiere happened, and generate as much buzz as we could. And then we knew that there would be some residual buzz once the movie hit. And that's why Mm -hmm. we we actually measured until mid-January, because um, with measurement, you kind of have to wait for a lot of your your media hits to come in. And we did achieve 260 million gross impressions between October 1 and mid-January, which is really remarkable. Some of it in part spurred by the movie coverage. 
with a mention of the Rubik's Cube, but then many, much more of it just about the cube itself and about the resurgence of the cube, the popularity of the cube, um, how people were cubing again. I mean, some really great stories about that. Um, we ended up on the Today Show where we actually handed out cubes to the live studio audience. Uh, we were on Martha Stewart, Martha Stewart Live with Tyson Mao. We were on CNN and Fox News, and we had some great print placements with Parade and Newsday and Forbes and LA Times, New York Post, Washington Post, great publications like that. So um, we really overachieved in our um, gross impressions goal as well. So all in all, we were really pleased with the results. Oh, and one thing I should mention, too, is we we teamed up with Sony Pictures, which um, released the film, and we worked with them to provide the cubes to media who attended the movie junket in New York City and also at the premiere on the red carpet. Um, So we we were able to get cubes in media's hands that way, as well as we did a very special mailing to folks on our hit list that we wanted to make sure got the cube in their hands. So we really tried to blanket the media from a lot of different directions. That's wonderful. What what do you think, I mean, understanding taking out let's say, um, the Will Smith Association, the Movie Association, um, what is, because you did have, like, a negative connotation to work, to work, you know, to work with, what was, like, the, the single most, at this, okay, someone shoot me, what was um, the single most important execution um, of this account of, oh, my God, seriously, somebody shoot me today, people. Today should be Memorial Day for me. Um, what I'm trying to say is, what was like the single most distinct part of this campaign that really knocked you over the top, minus Will Smith and the movie's participation? I would have to say that I think it was Tyson Mao. Um, because Tyson really was the whole package for us in that he was passionate about the cube. He truly believed in, in the benefits that the cube brings to people who work with the cube. Um, he also um, was someone that was highly relatable. You could, you could really relate to Tyson. And um, he was a good ambassador for the cube, having worked with it, learned it, taught others about it, uh, worked with other children with it, um, and the fact that, um, you know, even though he's been a, a champion in the past, um, you know, he's, he still was involved with the Cube professionally and personally. I mean, the man buys Cubes by the boxes to give to friends and family because he loves the Cube so much. And when you have someone like that on a campaign, no matter what mm-hmm. it is, you know, their enthusiasm for your product is just going to just, it's going to be very obvious to consumers. And the fact that he was so enthusiastic about the product was a huge help to us and could really help communicate the, the end message for us, which is anyone can learn to, to do the cube. Anyone can learn to solve it. You just have to pick it up and work with it. And, and it does really help your mind focus and provide skills that you may not otherwise have developed. And so those were our main messages, and he did such a good job at communicating that. Whether we had the movie or not, he just did a wonderful job. And this was just really, the movie was more of an impetus to shine a light on the second generation of tubers. 
Exactly right. The movie really did just kind of bring it back into mainstream as far as being in a movie, but our, our campaign really told the story about the benefit of the cube, and, um, and we thought that we were really successful in doing that, and Tyson was one of the reasons that we were so successful. Well, we're very excited uh, to, to watch you and, and, and keep our fingers crossed for June 14th. It's a tremendous uh, win regardless. I mean, finalist status is, is a tremendous, um, you know, a tremendous place to be. It's, an, it's a wonderful acknowledgement from your, your peers. And I just wish you the best of luck come June 14th. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I appreciate the time today. Thank you for letting us tell the story of Hasbro and the Rubik's Cube. It's been terrific because it's a benefit to to mothers, to children, and obviously the bottom line for your client, and and wrapped in a package that is um, positive plus. Yes, we think so, too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, everyone, for joining us at this very special edition of Cover Story, where we have continuing coverage of the Silver Anvil series for the Public Relations Society of America, and today was no different, with two great campaigns discussed, creating the Rubik's Cube mania from geek to chic, as well as uh, the FedEx Flight of the Penguin. Uh, and I really enjoyed speaking to both Maria and Amelie, and uh, I know that you've garnered a lot of great information from this. All right, everyone, have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you back next week on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you.